What moms need isn't more advice, it's perspective. You're listening to... Well, certainly motherhood! Hello there, this is Kezia Nielsen. And this is Amanda Bowman. And this is Most Certainly Motherhood, episode six. Today we are talking with Laura Frank. And Laura and I met, I think, through the internet. We did. (laughs) Yes. It was a book club. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. And Laura, I'd like you to tell us about yourself because I don't know that much. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. That's all right. Well, I am Laura. Um, I have a husband, Peter, and he works at CPH. And I have two kiddos. Melody just turned two and Sawyer is four. And they are so completely opposite. (laughs) Just is ridiculous. (laughs) Sawyer has always been just so calm and chill. You know, even in the womb, I would have to like poke him and be like, are you okay? But Melody (laughs) has just been nothing but arms and elbows and activity ever since the beginning. (laughs) Their pregnancies were so different. They are so different. It's funny. It's crazy because, you know, they have the same parents. (laughs) They're just completely opposite of each other. And it's... (laughs) It's fun. It's fun to get to do different things. So um, I've been teaching for 11 years. I love that. I've taught middle school mostly, fifth through eighth grade. Mm. And it's fun and challenging. And there are many hormones. (laughs) So so many hormones just all raging in their tiny bodies. And so this past week was the eclipse. Yeah. Did you notice like any... (laughs) <laughs> hormone spikes during that because I no. feel like my kids all went crazy. No, our kids <laughs> and I'm blaming okay. it on the moon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's fine. We do that all the time. Uh, no, we quite honestly, we were sort of prepared for the kids to be a little crazy, like at school and at home. And we have two really awesome science teachers, mm-hmm. and they had so many cool activities for the kids that they were just so focused on what was going on, and it was just really, really neat to hear them in awe of everything. When we went outside and they had their glasses on for the first time, they were just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing! And it was just so cool. So, no, they weren't super crazy. That's good. Which was great. That's yes. awesome. I can't imagine being a teacher and trying to make sure everybody has their glasses on. How did you manage that? Because with my two-year-old, I was like, had my hands on his head. Right. The whole time. Well, I thankfully have the older kids. Okay, so yeah, that they, helps. you know, we talked about the seriousness of it all. You right. Know, it's important, you know, you wouldn't go outside on a regular day and stare at the sun. Right. So please don't do yeah, that Yeah, thankfully today. they've been told that since the very beginning, I guess. Right. Yeah, so the other teachers, like kindergarten and first grade, they had, um, if you saw online, they had like the paper plates oh, yeah. covering the glasses. So they made those, but then the younger kids, our preschool kids, they didn't come out. It was during their nap time anyway, Oh, nice! but trying to Perfect. wrangle two-year-olds and no, yeah, <laughs> that would not have worked out well, well good. at all. Yeah. That's, that's always handy Yeah, <laughs> when the moon lines up with nap time. Right. That's, that's good. <laughs> when anything lines up with nap time. Right. Always good. Yes. Uh, great. So where did you go to school and what, where, did you always want to be a teacher? I did. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, the crazy thing is, you know, some people say, oh, I wanted to be a nurse or a pony or whatever. Um, <laughs> I, it's a good thing. Um, I always wanted to be a teacher and 
I really, growing up, had my heart set on going to Concordia, Nebraska, and then on a family vacation, we went and visited Nebraska, and I sort of <laughs> looked around and said, maybe not. <laughs> um, you know, cows are great, super great. They provide cheese, which I love, but I just couldn't really dig the vibe of Nebraska, mm -hmm. and so I ended up going to Concordia University in Wisconsin, okay. so that was good. Lake Michigan. Oh, yeah, it's gorgeous. It's yeah. beautiful. So, yeah, really cool. So I went there, and I'm a secondary education English major with a okay. religion minor or theology minor. I, my plan was that I would teach high school English, so I spent a lot of time learning how to analyze Shakespeare and Chaucer which you don't use much in a fifth grade classroom. So that's been kind of a change, but it's, it's okay. It's good. And it's always something new. What did you think motherhood would be like before you were a mom? And how does it compare to reality? Oh man. So <laughs> I've always worked with kids. I've babysat. I'm the oldest uh, in our family and I have younger cousins, so I wasn't super naive that everything would be perfect and great, but I just didn't realize some of the challenges that would pop up. Um, you know, I think our society tells us that there's kind of this, like, way, you know, like, in my head, I envisioned I would have, you know, a regular traditional birthing experience, I would have a wonderful time breastfeeding, I would look in my baby's eyes and feel nothing but love, <laughs> and that was absolutely not my case at all. I mean, the love part is right. true, but, <laughs> but I labored and labored, and mm -hmm. Sawyer just really liked being inside and I wasn't able to do that. So we ended up having a C-section for him and then I wasn't able to breastfeed ever. My milk just never came in. And mm -hmm. so I think I struggled a lot with feeling enough mm. because, yeah. you know, I, we went to all the classes. We did all the first time parent things and we were ready but then everything just got tipped on its head and no one ever tells you, mm -hmm. you might not have this experience right. yeah. and, you know, you might try your very hardest to breastfeed, but it just might not work. And in that case, it's okay to formula feed your child. Right. And I just felt like such a failure oh, because yeah. my body, you know, it was supposed to be this natural thing. Everyone, animals do it. And you're like, but why can't? I and you know when you know breast milk is best and all of this wonderful stuff which is great and so then when you have to formula feed your hormonal self goes to this like now my child's going to be a dropout and will mm -hmm. never get a job and you know because yeah. he was formula fed it was just so different that I just wasn't expecting to struggle like that yeah. I was expecting the first part to be more Intuitive. Natural. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just more of that. Like they tell you in the storybooks, you know, the glowing mother mm -hmm. and the baby and everyone's happy and it's great. Mm -hmm. And when it wasn't, I just really wrestled with what does this mean for me as a mother? Am I doing it right? Am I failing? Mm -hmm. Everyone else seems to have their stuff yeah. together and I don't. So that was really hard for me. But, you know, as your hormones level out, <laughs> that helps too. And I have really great doctors and just being honest about how I was feeling. And 
my struggles was good because so many people feel like they have to hide it or, well, I can't admit it because no one else feels that way. Right. And it took me a long time to allow myself to feel that way because it was always like, well, once we get past this, it'll be better. And then Mm -hmm. it wasn't. And well, once it's past, you know, Mm -hmm. Saturday, I'll feel better or some arbitrary mark. And so once I finally was honest with myself, I just cried tears of relief because it was like, you know, it's okay to admit that you need help and to not have everything go like a storybook. Mm -hmm. I feel like the devil uses that so much to trick us into thinking we're alone. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many mothers in the world, but somehow we all end up feeling alone at one point or another, but we're not alone. Yeah. Even if you have a picture perfect birth and pregnancy and everything, like we've all felt what you're talking about. I mean, and unfortunately, Amanda, you probably will feel it too, but Yeah. But hopefully you'll have a good, we'll have people to help you right. <laughs> through it. Yeah. But yeah, that's the feeling like, there's no way that I'm doing this right. There's no way that anyone else has felt this bad about, you know, but mm-hmm. there's nothing new under the sun. So I agree. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, sure. Yeah, that's definitely universal, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I have a few friends that can't breastfeed. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something that's not really talked about because I don't. I don't know. I was asking. I was telling my husband. I hope she doesn't feel like she failed because mm-hmm. she didn't have it this mm-hmm. way. So I think that's yeah. important to. Hopefully, I think it, we're moving in the right direction, though. I think we're getting to the point where more people are talking about this, where where it's not as just one way to have a baby mm-hmm. <laughs> and things like that. Um, yeah, and I think releasing some of that stigma from the quote-unquote traditional Mm -hmm. way, you know. There's still those people that think, oh, a C-section is the easy way out. Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It's definitely not. I mean, it's still major surgery, and people go through traumatic experiences both with Mm C-sections and regular births. Yeah. But even with the formula, I don't know why I felt like I wasn't doing it right, because there are shelves of it on, you know, in the store. (laughs) It's not like, you know, if you said, well, let's feed your child apples, there are many of them to choose from. So I shouldn't feel like it was something that was abnormal or different because clearly there's a need at a market, but it just felt Mm -hmm. so different and Mm -hmm. wrong, but that's, you know, not really the right word, but just, yeah, that's funny to me because I didn't, I didn't know anyone that breastfed until I met my husband and his sister. Hmm. breastfed and I was formula fed and I turned out okay yeah (laughs) I graduated (laughs) yeah so it was it's funny to me it seems I don't know if it's a regional thing or if it's just a generational thing but Mm -hmm. where I was from I I mean no one in my family breastfed wow I don't think my parents were even breastfed Maybe they huh. were, but so that's interesting to me. I didn't think about that though, because now all my friends breastfeed. Well, and you might not ever know if they're breastfed because if they pump. Well, and well, because in past generations you did that hiding in the closet, oh, right? And you sure. were like, also, no one did true. that in public, really. I don't think. I mean, and going back far enough, they did, but I think it was a little bit more taboo than it is now, at mm-hmm. least. That's true. So, what is? And you are a teacher, so I'm expecting at <laughs> least one, if not several. What one book? <laughs> I don't know why I say one. Every Everybody we've had on the podcast has more than that. What is one book that has really helped you in your parenting journey? My husband laughs at me because I like to read 
anthro like anthropology type books. Um, so I love learning about how other people raise their children or other cultures. So um, two books actually that I really liked were How Eskimos Keep Their Babies Warm huh. by Mei Ling Hopgood. She actually was from St. Louis and worked for the Post-Dispatch for a while, but she traveled around the globe and just observed families and cultures and how children are um, either like brought into the culture or kind of kept out of the culture just depending on where she was traveling. And it was just so interesting to me because I think we kind of get stuck in this rut culturally of this is how you do it. And if you don't do it this way, mm -hmm. then that's the wrong way. But reading about Latin American families who have their babies up at eight, nine, ten o'clock at night at these <laughs> parties. And to me, that seems insane. But, <laughs> you know, but it's just part of their culture. And they take the babies kind of to the side and take care of them. And it's fine. And then in more rural, you know, African kinds of places, how, you know, the fathers are often the ones that baby wear and kind of raise huh. the the children. And it's just so interesting to me how different cultures have different rules for parenting. Oh, so cool. yeah, I really like that one a lot. The other book I liked was Bringing Up Bebe or Baby, I'm not mm -hmm. sure, by Pamela Druckerman. It's just, it's funny. Again, she's an expat who lives over in France and was raising her child and just how different the French culture is. You know, they have government preschool and their food and eating styles are so different than ours. And just interesting how they try to teach their children through cooking and through different cultural things that are similar to ours, but also kind of a different take on it. So I just like reading about different cultures. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> that's cool. Well, you've kind of already talked about this, but what is something that you've struggled with as a mom and continue to struggle with? I think at first, like I said, it was the expectation of birth and that newborn stage. But now as my kids are older, well, <laughs> I say older and they're two and four, but <laughs> <laughs> like they're grown and out of the house, um, but now that they're not in that newborn stage anymore. I think it's that just being present mm. with them. You know, we're so distracted by our phones or by the demands on our day, the laundry, mm -hmm. the other stuff that goes on just running a household. When Sawyer wants me to sit down and play Legos with him mm -hmm. in my head, I know that that's really important and I need to spend time there. There's also that feeling of, but we need laundry and, <laughs> but the dishes are piled up or but. And so I think just being able to kind of clear out my mind to say, yes, those are there. However, this is really the most important thing for me right now. Mm -hmm. And being a mom that works outside of the home is extra challenging in some ways because, you know, my time with them at night is so limited. And so I feel sort of that like working mom guilt of, oh gosh, I only see them for an hour and a half to two hours mm -hmm. at night. And then also, again, that flip side of, but I also only have an hour and a half to <laughs> get this done. Thing in the house. Yeah. And so I think that's the struggle is just clearing out time to just be present with them and be silly and be goofy. Cause I love that. That just, it makes my day and I treasure that time and I look forward to it. 
So I think, like you said before, you know, that's a way that Satan kind of creeps in and steals some of that joy of parenthood by nagging me about what else is going on in Mm -hmm. my life or what other responsibilities I have Mm -hmm. and taking away that focus on my Mm -hmm. kids during that time. So that's, I think, my biggest struggle right now, besides being patient, because (laughs) they both need Mm -hmm. everything all the time. and. If you give one one-on-one attention, then the other one, you know, crawls onto your lap or <laughs> crawls over or takes a toy so that the attention is then mm-hmm. on them. So finding good time to give them focused one-on-one time as well as time playing together as a family. Mm-hmm. My mother-in-law always says, the dishes will be there tomorrow, but your kids won't. Like, I mean, obviously your kids will be there tomorrow, but sure. they'll be a day older. And then before you know it, they're... 10 years older and so Mm -hmm. and that was right around the time when her youngest was getting married to me and leaving the house so (laughs) but that was something I always hope I remember is the dishes will be there tomorrow but this moment will be gone so Mm -hmm. but yeah that is hard especially if you like to have the dishes done like I do (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I agree it's it's a good reminder to just these moments are so fleeting Mm -hmm. and treasuring them as much as we can Especially, I feel like so much happens every day with those kids. Something new is happening in their lives mm-hmm. where they're learning. And just one day they can go from knowing nothing about the solar eclipse to knowing many facts or whatever, you know. Yeah. They're, they're growing so rapidly just in their personalities and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, at my son's school, they were acting out the eclipse. Because how do you teach preschool about the <laughs> eclipse, right? But then he came home and he was dragging poor Melody around our kitchen, like, you're the sun and I'm the earth. (laughs) And so he was making her rotate around (laughs) and he was then blocking. And it was just, it was so funny. And he was explaining everything to us. And, you know, I think it's awesome that they want us to be involved in their life. They want to tell us about things and... You know, there will come a time when they get to (laughs) my class (laughs) and that middle school time where they really don't want their parents to Mm. ask them about their day or ask many probing questions. Mm -hmm. I mean, they do, but they also don't. Mm -hmm. It's that very confusing preteen, teenage time. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, building that foundation of trust and I'm listening and I'm here for you is so important when they're younger Because hopefully, then when they get a little bit older, they'll still want you to be there. So I think that's important, too. Okay, on the flip side of that, what is something you do well as a mom? I love being silly with my kids. (laughs) And I love laughing with them. And I love taking them places and teaching them things. And I can't help myself sometimes. (laughs) Like, if we go somewhere with friends or, you know, my sister-in-law or something... I took my kids to the art museum and then we were talking about, well, you know, this is Monet's painting and it's water lilies and it's this and that. And she just shakes her head and laughs at me and said, what? And she said, well, you know, you're just like doing an art lesson right here in front of this painting. And I said, oh, I I don't know. I just, it comes out of me. I can't help it. So it's just fun. You know, when we went to Springfield, we went to the Lincoln Museum, Mm -hmm. and then Sawyer talked all the way home about John Wilkes Booth was assassinated, President Lincoln, and, you know, it was just fun to hear him kind of processing that, and Mm -hmm. what does that mean, and why did he do that, and 
talking about those things. So mm-hmm. I like just watching my kids learn yes. and seeing my kids experience new things for the first time or making connections to things that they knew but now understand more at a deeper level and that's just fun plus dance parties i was just gonna say let me paint a picture for our viewers here laura comes in my house and my boys say stop you can't go over the dance floor without dancing because they had made their little foam squares into a dance floor and she was like oh okay and she danced across and then the rest of the time she was talking to them and asking them about their toys and stuff and it was great that's something that i have had to learn as a mom to like lighten up because even when I was a kid I was bad at playing with kids and so <laughs> I mean I, I do love a dance party when there's no one else there with my kids and but I don't know sometimes it takes me a little bit to lighten up or maybe a glass of wine or something so. yeah yeah no I, I'm always down for a good dance party yes. so I admire just let that. me know we danced during math today so nice. we turned on some chill tunes and Sometimes that just makes everything better, just having a... I mean, if you got to do math, you <laughs> might as well do some dancing if you have to. See, I was that kid in fifth grade. If the teacher turned on music and said, let's all dance, I would be like, I'm going to go to the bathroom for an hour. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thankfully, they know me enough by now. By the time they get up to me... They just are like, oh man, Mrs. Frank is crazy. Yeah, so, reputation. Yeah, they just don't even really, it doesn't phase them. They're like, whatever, it's just Mrs. Frank. Let's keep doing stuff. That's <laughs> so, great. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so what is the silliest fear you have? It doesn't actually have to be silly. Oh man, yeah, not anything having to do with kids, but I'm still really afraid of the dark. <gasps> like, if I go downstairs to our basement, it'll be mm-hmm. fine while the lights are on, but the second the lights are off, I'm convinced that, like, the burglar has been politely hiding in the, the, somewhere. Okay, yeah. I kind of think that every adult secretly feels that way, but they just don't admit it. Yeah, no, mine is mine is a legitimate fear. Oh, when, um, when we were first married, before we had kids, we lived in just a little one-bedroom apartment, and our bedroom was steps from the bathroom. And Peter would travel often for work, and so I'd be home by myself, and I would run, (laughs) sprint to the bathroom, convinced that, again, someone was just waiting for me to get out of bed before they were going to do any harm. But once you're in bed, you're you're safe. Yeah, Yeah. I would, like, run and, like, leap back into bed, (laughs) and then I was fine again. It's just, it's so weird. When my husband traveled after we had kids, I would be like, okay, everyone in my room, and I locked our bedroom door, and I would never do that on a regular night, but (laughs) it's so strange. I'm like, we're never leaving this room. (laughs) We're here forever (laughs) until the sun comes up. Right. The sun comes up, and it's all okay. (laughs) And we're fine, yeah. Or if the light's on, or if the TV was on, then obviously no harm could come to you, because (laughs) some electronic was on. Yep. I put our fan on every night, because if I can hear... Mm -hmm. Anything but the fan. Even my dog sometimes scares me. (laughs) A burglar's not going to want to mess with a fan. No. (laughs) They'll come in and say, she has a fan, I'm leaving. And then you're safe. It's time for our Lifesaver segment. In this segment, we'll share a couple things in our ordinary lives that have helped us through the day. (laughs) 
Let's start with Amanda. What's your lifesaver? My lifesaver for this month um, is my husband. I'm pregnant, so (laughs) (laughs) that should be enough explanation. But he (laughs) has just been very um, patient and understanding. And he, um, even when irrational things happen, like getting mad about dishes or our sink wasn't working for a long time. And so that led to some moments and he's just really good at knowing when I say something terrible, I'm not actually meaning to sound terrible. I don't know. He just has this really great way of reading my mind most times. And he and he always knows, like, what I need, when I need it, even when I don't. And oh. I just... And we've only been married for a year, so that's pretty impressive. Yeah. And um, I know he had sisters, so that helps I guess, but, um, uh, so, yeah, he's just kind of helped me keep my sanity. He also, like, reminds me not to do too much, which I'm prone, today I did too much, for example, (laughs) and so he's just a really good balance to my pregnancy hormones, (laughs) so he's my lifesaver this month. Yay, husband! Yeah. (laughs) Laura, what's your lifesaver, if you, if you have one. Yes, I think, wow, I feel really bad now that yours was sweet. Like hers was very heartfelt. Yeah, (laughs) yours was precious, and I love both of you more than I ever thought I could right now. Yeah, it's so sweet. Um, Mine is not that heartfelt. (laughs) Mine is caffeine because my son is an excellent sleeper, and I love him for that. (laughs) My daughter has many talents and gifts, but sleep is not one of those things. And so I struggle with that because I just need sleep in my life. I need lots of sleep. Like if I could be a sloth and just lay around and get mildewy (laughs) and just like, you know, slowly crawl across the street or something, that would be ideal. Maybe a koala. They just hang out and smell amazing because they eat eucalyptus all day long. So that would be great. But she prevents all of those dreams from coming true. So, yeah, Starbucks and I, it's been an unfortunate hit to our budget. (laughs) But (laughs) caffeine is essential for functioning some days. So caffeine is my lifesaver (laughs) this month and for the past two years since she's been born, really. It's okay. Oh. It's good. Someday she'll sleep. Oh, I hope Someday. so. Maybe. She will. She That's will. what people keep telling me. I believe them. Someday. I've seen other people sleep. So <laughs> I frequently watch my son sleep. <laughs> and my husband. He sleeps great. <laughs> What's yours, Kez? So my lifesaver would be for Christmas my father-in-law drew my name for Secret Santa, and he got me a gift card to Ginger Bay Salon, which is a very fancy salon and spa. And I went the other night. It was at, like, 8 p.m., which seemed so late to do anything. But it was amazing, because speaking of good smells and eucalyptus, they had, like, essential oils, and they, like, rubbed my neck and, like, had me breathe deeply. And then, oh, it was just, it was so great. <laughs> And I just felt so relaxed. And then they did my hair, and it was exactly what I wanted. And I think that was pretty much a lifesaver. So 
It was amazing. <laughs> so I guess maybe my, my father-in-law is my lifesaver. So there you go. It's nice to be pampered a little bit. Yeah. I think I think that's something that as moms we tend to mm. put on the back burner because mm-hmm. everyone else's needs just seem so much, much more pressing. And, and then mom guilt. Yeah. Well, yep. and then, you know, you think about like, gosh, I shouldn't spend that money on myself. Or it seems yeah. so frivolous, but... You just need that yeah. to kind of be refreshed and feel good and fill your own cup yep. a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's hard to do. It's hard to take that time. So what do they say? Hashtag self-care. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> the kids these days. Right. <laughs> Tell us about how you picked your kids' names. Well, being a teacher, there are certain names that I thought we might use. That would be so hard. But we cannot use. (laughs) And I won't say what names they are um, in case someone's parent is listening and then they say, oh, that's my child's name. So we'll just keep that confidential. But (laughs) Sawyer was a name actually of a child (laughs) that we had in preschool and this other Sawyer was just the cutest child ever. He was so sweet and so polite and his mom really liked Disney stuff. And she would always tape his milk money in the shape of Mickey Mouse. And it was just the cutest thing ever. And so when we were making, I know, isn't that adorable? And so when we were making our list of names, it was sort of, you know, just like, well, what about Sawyer? What do you think about that? And my husband was like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, And then Melody was going to be Olivia. She was Olivia probably up until weeks before she was born. (laughs) Uh, But we don't don't mind telling people the gender of our child, but we don't ever share names Mm -hmm. because... People have opinions. Well, people have opinions, (laughs) yeah. And you don't want to hear, oh, because that kind of happened with Sawyer when we told... Um, the nurses, I think the nurses are just like legally obligated to be like, that's adorable. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if you said his name shall be dirt, they're like, I love it. <laughs> you know, Is it a family name? Yes. <laughs> um, but with some friends of ours and some family, you know, when we said it's Sawyer, they just kind of looked at me like, Oh, well, is that going to be what you call him? <laughs> Does he have a nickname? Right. Yeah. We're right. going to like, call him something else, right? <laughs> so, I mean, they love it, but yeah. it was just something that was a little different. Yeah. And I think, you know, all of our family on both sides just have very traditional, mm-hmm. you know, kind of biblical or traditional common names. But <laughs> that was a little out of their mm-hmm. realm of expectation. Um, but then for Melody, she was Olivia, and we just wrestled with it. We loved it, and then we didn't. And then mm-hmm. we loved it, and then we didn't. And so... We kind of just went back and forth, and so on a road trip up to Minnesota, we just decided, no, I don't think we like it. So we went through websites of popular baby names, <laughs> or, you know, we just went through the letters of the alphabet, and any road sign we passed, we would yes. look for potential girl names, um, or anything that would be helpful. So we just ended up on Melody, and Aww. we tried to think of initials. Like, our last name is Frank, so I love the name Anne, but 
can't oh, do yeah. can't do Anne Frank. That's, yeah, that's kind true. of been done. <laughs> so, can't do that. And you know Benjamin. I love the name Benjamin, but Benjamin Frank oh, Lynn. It yeah. just kind of goes there. Yeah. So you know, there's certain things that you kind of have to think about. Yeah, you gotta just watch out for that kind of stuff because kids oh. are. I mean, kids are mean anyway. Yeah. So they'll find a way oh, to like. My name mm. got made fun of. A man, duh. Like oh, oh man, say a man. That's awful. Duh. Like through college, people come up with oh. this stuff. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And ke- people don't even know what to think about Kezia, so they just are like, what? <laughs> oh, the lady, you were like, you said my name because you said yours was too complicated. Oh, yeah. Whenever and I then... go to Starbucks or anything, I say my name and then I instantly regret it because I'm like, they're not going to know what, it... they're going to be like, what? Spell that? And yeah. so then I was like, my name's Amanda. And I, and <laughs> and I was said, like, you're not going to say Because we were name. together. And she was like. She's like, no, and then and then the lady was like, what is your name? And she said, Kezia, and she was like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> that is the response I get. <laughs> I want to hear your family tradition, Laura. Okay, um, my favorite family tradition that we do is every Thanksgiving we use the same tablecloth. And we, I mean, it's washed. Don't, I was like, going to say, and you don't, don't wash it. We never wash it. It's been 30 years. And it's never been cleaned. It's filthy. And we love it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, you've read my answer. Um, no. we. So we use the same tablecloth. It's washed. But we use um, paint markers, and we sign our names every year. Uh-huh. And so um, it's just super fun to see people that have come into our lives over the years and people that, you know, my great grandmother's signature is on oh. there and she's passed away or family friends that have moved separate places. So you sign your name and the year that you were there. So it's fun to see us, even as we grow up, like my name's on there in little kid print when I could first write oh. my name. And then I wrote it when I was a little older. And then when I got married and I changed my name, oh, then yeah. I got to sign it as Laura Frank. So it's just fun as the years go on to see now my children's names on there. And it's really cool. And I'm sort of secretly hoping that someday I get that. As yes. <laughs> it's just my brother and myself. So oh. I feel like I could arm wrestle him and take him down. <laughs> Is he older or younger? He's younger. See? So he gets really nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I have a younger brother and I, yeah. I can, yeah. Get whatever you want. Get whatever yeah. you want. That's you just right. have that gift. Yeah, it's firstborn. I'm pretty sure it's probably already in the will. <laughs> if it's not mom and dad, if you're listening, I'd like you to go ahead and add that in. Oh, that's so, so cute. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. It's really fun. That's my favorite tradition. So we travel for other holidays because my husband's family lives out of state. But for Thanksgiving, it's always here because I just would be heartbroken if oh. we missed and couldn't eat off of our filthy tablecloth. <laughs> this cranberry stain was when I was a baby. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for talking with us. This was a hoot, and I'm so glad you came. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me. I was honored to be asked. Yeah. Hello, all you Lutheran moms out there. Are you trying to figure out a way to travel this holiday season? Lutheran B&B makes it easy and fun to travel halfway across the country, trust me, I've done it, by staying with other Lutherans when you travel. There are Lutheran B&Bs for every budget from spare couch to the whole house. Lutheran B&B is everywhere you need to be. 
Reform the way Lutherans travel today by becoming a guest or a host or both for free at lutheranbnb.com slash mom. That's lutheranbnb.com slash mom. As you can see, we had a grand old time with Laura. Our conversation and her talent of getting along with kids made me think, what are some ways that moms take time to connect with their kids in everyday life? I went to my mom pros to ask them, how do you connect with your kids in everyday life? Lauren said reading a lot. We also play a lot of board games and card games, as well as trying to do one-on-one time outside of the house as often as possible. Kim said, with my toddler, keeping routines, especially ones where he has a job, seems to be his favorite. Amanda said that with her oldest, who is seven, after jammies and teeth and prayers and lights out, she sits on his bed just before saying goodnight to talk to him. Usually, he tells her random things about whatever game or show he's into at the moment. But sometimes it's more philosophical things. Because she's at work all day, it's one of their times to just be together. Sarah says hugs whenever, wherever, taking the time to help them with their schoolwork as patiently as possible, asking them questions about their interests, showing that you're interested in what they are interested in, even if you could care less. Take them on adventures. This can be cheap or as elaborate as you want to make it. We love weekly nature walks. We explore nature centers and state parks, county parks, and city parks. We head to a museum once in a while or the zoo. Surprise them. Something new and fun. Poetry tea time with a special treat. Buy something different for their snacks. Don't tell them where today's adventure will be. Use candles at dinner. Family movie night is a huge hit here. Genevieve says, Take one kid at a time along for an errand with mom. Rachel says, I just be silly when I can and listen to what they say when I can. Alex says, I usually ask how they slept first thing in the morning and they usually go into a long spiel of their dream or or that they had an accident and they would go into detail on how dad helped clean it up. If I need to get their attention, I exaggerate whatever I'm saying and have exaggerated responses. It helps to set off the imagination for the day. Sarah says, making eye contact when they're talking, when they're playing, when they're just looking to see if Mama's still nearby. It just takes a second, but it really slows me down to be with them. Katie says, I incorporate them into the daily life in whatever way where it works best for their personalities. With my second, she does great with just being with me and helping me make bread, fold laundry, do dishes. I don't know if she particularly likes the chores, or if she likes it because others don't and she can have my attention. With my third, he loves being more physical with work or cuddling, so he helps by carrying heavy things, and I make sure to make take the time to give him squeezes. In general, I make sure to be available for talking about any topic. If you've never considered being intentional about connecting with your kids, don't feel bad. You're probably doing it without realizing it. Connecting also changes over the years. Christine says that as my kids have gotten older, I don't force connection as much. It still happens but I leave most of it on their shoulders. When they come to me, I do my best to respond to what they need. It might be answers to questions, food, help finding clothing, or just being in the same room. It's different when all kids are little. I spent a lot of time playing with my first three as toddlers, and even through number four, we went on little trips here and there. I do try to think of my kids as individuals, and that does change the way I focus on each one. My babies get a lot of talking to, and my toddlers as well. It's just beyond that, 
they become more independent while at home. I'm moving into the short window before they begin to leave home, so my focus has shifted. Lorena says, We do morning catechesis to start our homeschool day. Caroline says, My oldest is only two and a half, but he has always enjoyed helping me with chores, unloading and loading the dishwasher, setting the table, pulling clothes out of the dryer and putting wet ones in throwing away diapers, digging holes to plant flowers. He gets attention and praise and conversation with me when he's helping, and he loves to be involved. Rihanna says, High fives when the children do as you ask, singing songs, and mealtimes. It's not just about the food. You're more connected if you're sitting and eating and conversing and praying with your children. These are all great ways to connect with your kids. I hope they've given you some good ideas or just a little thing to think about. It's easy to get wrapped up in the everyday and not think about you know, showing our kids that we love them for who they are. And what better way to connect with them than to remind them of their baptism and that they are children of God, loved and forgiven, as my mom always used to say. Thank you for listening to this episode of Most Certainly Motherhood. We have enjoyed being with you. Find our page on Facebook and leave us a review and feel free to contribute to our posts that come up occasionally. Our email address is mostcertainlymotherhood at gmail.com and you can find other episodes at www.mostcertainlymotherhood.com. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm Amanda Bowman. <laughs> I know you've only been married for a year, but it's now Bowman. <laughs> oh, that part was easy. <laughs> Ditch the other name, like... Hotcakes. <laughs> was it hotcakes? Because that would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, I don't know if I was. <laughs>